Welcome to the Principles of Success, interviewing the experts, and today's book review is If You're Not First, You're Last by Grant Cardone. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So this is a book that is written specifically for recessionary time periods where everything is getting harder, which is why I reread this book recently, because things are possibly going to get hard in the near future. And the big super summarize for this book is when things start to get more difficult in the market, that is when you should do counter to your instincts of pulling back, receding, playing defense, this is when you should go massively into offensive overdrive, work even harder, market more, do sales more, and work towards expanding into the market because a recession is just when everything goes on sale. And so even though you're instinct is to be like, oh, things are falling apart. Things aren't looking good. Everything's on sale. This is when you should be buying, when you should be making your moves. You can't gain market share except for during a recession because this is when the board game gets mixed up. The previous players get shaken up a little bit and new players are able to expand into the space. So recessions are good even though they suck. And that's pretty much the entire premise of this book. And it's the last point, but the first point I want to talk about is your mindset is super important. Don't let the pessimism, don't let the fear-mongering, don't let your natural human habitat or instinct make it so that you pull back, sell everything during the recessionary period, trying to minimize the pain instead of aggressively taking more action and expanding into the market. So, next point, action over order. People love to procrastinate doing what they're supposed to do by getting ready for it. I'm super guilty of it already, uh, or I'm super guilty of it as well, um, in my uh, Zion House project, which I'll be announcing more in depth later on, uh, I've been procrastinating announcing it because I want to make sure to get everything ordered and organized so that way it's ready to go, which is a good thing. However, there was certain things that I needed to do that I was procrastinating on. For instance, TikTok. I've started producing self-reliance videos on TikTok because they're short. They don't need to be professionally polished. So any random subject that I think of in that thing, I'm like, oh, I should talk about that. I'll do a quick TikTok on it instead of procrastinating on doing that as the marketing while I get the program all organized and ready to go. I procrastinated starting this podcast for years until I finally made a season zero, which I never released because it was terrible. Um, 
and I purposely did the Season 0 with no intention of releasing it, just so that way I would finally actually start getting going on this thing. So, action over order. Don't organize your desk. Make the sales call. Do the things that generate the money. By the way, this is also a sales book, so that's why I'll be talking about sales a lot, because the guy is a salesman. But most of the principles we'll be talking about is for business and for finance in general, but it's a salesman's book. Next, go after everybody. Don't disqualify. I'm going to relate this one more to dating, because this one I really struggle with. I will disqualify a girl, I will disqualify an entire room of girls, almost instantaneously. I'll make a quick scan and I'll be like, looks department, I'm not really interested in any of these. And then talking to a girl, I remember one very cl clearly of this super cute girl, super friendly, seems super sweet, there, but in just a like a minute or so we were of us talking um there was enough dissimilarities between the two of us of the things that we happen to have talked about so far that i completely wrote her off i don't know if she we could have been a great match for everything except for the couple of things that we talked about and they weren't serious um dismatches but i instantly just wrote her off i was like nope this isn't the one i'm looking for so i moved on and yes, there is some aspect to that, and I'm not saying don't qualify at all, but especially in recessionary time periods during business, you need to be less picky. If you're, back to the dating, if you're struggling to find the girl, I'm not saying lower your standards for who you're going to marry, but maybe loosen up on writing them off so quickly. That's more advice for myself, but... There might be a few of you that are in the same boat. And women listening to this? I know most women are worse than me when it comes to instantly writing off guys, so I'll just toss that in there. Next, people fail because they are unwilling or unable to be in front of enough people. You can't make sales, you can't do business, you can't get in a relationship if you are not being in front of people, if you're not prospecting, if you're not making sales calls, if you're not talking to clients, you have to be in front of people and you have to make sure that you spend time with people and you have to develop the skills to acquire in business. Uh, you have to acquire leads in relationship. You have to develop the skills to be able to go up and uh, talk to the other sex or you're not going to have a great time trying to find them. Next, wowing makes better marketing than paying for ads. So if you wow your customers, if they're like, wow, this was impressive. Wow, 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 wow. Then you're going to have a better ability to acquire more customers from them than you are from all of the other paid avenues that you might try. And yes, this is a salesman that's in the book saying this, but the marketer that entire business model is getting people to pay him to do their marketing for them, paid advertisements, I still say paid advertising will never match word of mouth. If you wow your customers, if they're wowed, not just, hey, you did a good job, if they're wowed, it will always work better than paid advertisement. Next, 
dissimilar products are your competition. In a recession, people don't spend less. They spend more thoughtfully. You're not going to you're not going to be able to drop your prices and maintain your business. You have to keep your prices going. You also are not only competing with your competition, you are having to compete with, for instance, I want you to buy my book. I am not just in competition with other book sales. My book is roughly, I don't remember, let's just say 10 bucks. Restaurant meal for one person is roughly 10 bucks. I'm not in a recession. I'm not just in competition for with other book people. I'm also in competition with uh, taking your spouse out on a date. That's what you're what it means when he says you're in competition with dissimilar products. In a recession, everybody is very careful about how they're spending their money, and you have to convince them, not by dropping your prices, you have to convince them that the value that they will get from buying your product is worth more than even dissimilar products. So in a recession, for me to convince you to buy my book, I would have to convince you that the value of the book is worth more than the value of the food and the time spent on taking your wife out to dinner. And part of the marketing scheme behind of how I can convince you is I produce a podcast. And this particular year, I'm talking about finance just off of the top of my head. So if the value you get from this podcast is worthwhile, you might consider buying the book. And that's kind of the uh, one of the ideas behind this podcast and why I released the book on the season that I was doing the money season. So those are my, my super specific notes. Now let's talk about more of the kind of outline notes of the book. Okay, so the first one I want to talk about is the title. If you're not first, you're last. What does that mean? Well, if you're not first in your company's mindset, then it doesn't matter. The first, uh, the first ranking on Google search, the first whatever, does the majority of the business. This is the um, back to the 22 immutable laws of marketing. This is the law of the first. This is the law of the category. If you're not number one, then you're going to struggle. You have to be number one. The uh, Coca-Cola does majority of the pop sales. Pepsi does a fraction of the pop sales. And then everyone after that, you probably don't even know their names. And the same thing goes for whatever your business is. If you're not the first baker that comes to mind in your town, well, then you're last. The first person gets all of the business. And that's what the title means. And that's the first big takeaway for this next section, I guess. Next up, I already touched on it a little bit, but it is important to advance and conquer, not fall back and retreat during times of recession. Because if you, you can't, you can only make market ground, you can only gain market shares during recessionary periods because everyone else is backing up and they're opening up the space for you to fill. Also, paid advertisement, marketing, everything's on sale, including attention because everybody, all your competition is uh, doing less marketing, which means the price of marketing goes down, which means your marketing gets to go further. 
And then next up, kind of how to generate some leads. You need to, some good sources are what he calls your power base and reactivating past clients. So your power base is your family, your friends, that kind of thing. Going in, um, seeing if they need your services because they are much more willing to aid your business because they know you and they love you. Now, this is one of the things that I actually have a real hard time with with Grant Cardone. Do not pester your family into buying things from you that they don't really need. If you run a marketing agency, do not try and force your family members to pay for marketing services when they're still in the startup stage and they shouldn't be paying for marketing services from an outside company. However, the second part of reactivating your past clients is super important. Call them up. Be like, hey, we haven't talked for a little bit. Is there something more I can do? Make your life better. Because they already bought from you once and maybe you have something, maybe you have new products, maybe they'd be interested in buying what you sold them previously. Maybe it's like food and they bought some bread and you're like, hey, was the bread good? You want more bread? So call up your past clients. They already said yes. And then add in second sales. Second sales are super useful. So once you close the first sale, you add in second sales and more money is made off of second sales than first sales. So an example of a second sale. If you're buying uh, cake and pop for your kid's birthday party and then the local clerk suggests that you buy a little something extra for the adults, that would be an example of a second sale. You didn't go there to buy uh, alcohol. You went there to buy cake and pop for your kids. I don't know why that was the first one that came to mind. I don't drink, but once the person has already committed to buying something, closed out, the purchase is complete or near complete, you add in something a little extra that they might like. Like maybe they're buying furniture for their living room. You might try and toss in a lamp, that kind of stuff. So that's what a second sale is. And there's more money to be made in second sales than anything else. Next up, I want to talk about the attitudes that he talks about in this book. So there are uh, a couple different attitudes. The first one is the denier. He call, I think he calls it the cheerleader, but this is basically the person who sticks their head in the sand and says, like, I won't participate in the recession. I'm just going to keep the status quo and keep on going. Well, eventually the recession will come slug you in the face. Then there's the, uh, the, the, then there's the quitters, and they're like, I'll, I'll rest on my laurels for a while and uh, wait until things get back to being good. And I'll admit... My default is definitely the quitter when it comes to, like, challenging periods. I'm like, eh, I've got time. I'm in, I don't need to rush. I'll just wait her out. Well, the problem is, while you're waiting her out, everyone out, all your competition is going in and getting that market. Then the next one is the, let's, we just got to get back to basics. What we did in the past worked, even though... That was 20 years ago, and people didn't even have smartphones then, but what we did in the past worked, so we're going to just get back to basics. And they shrink. Um, and then the last one is the people who go and expand and conquer during the recession. Like I said, my default is the, 
Well, things are getting to look a little bad. I think I'll just sit on the sidelines for a little while. But one of the quotes that I recorded, I don't know when I'm publishing that episode, but one of the episodes I recorded a quote that goes along the lines of the time to buy and the time to buy money or something like that is when the blood is in the streets. You make money when everything is going south. You make per- you make the purchase, you make the profit off of the purchase. So even though it's hard, it goes against your natural instinct to retreat when things start getting difficult. You need to advance and conquer and keep your attitude positive. And that's the main difficulty in times of recession. It's not that things are harder. It's not that um, people are tighter with their money. It's that you have to keep the positive attitude because if you don't have the positive attitude that this is a great time to do business, well, then you're going to stop taking the actions that are needed for success. And then the last point I already touched on a little bit, but it's super important to remember that people buy off of value and not price. Do not slash your prices. Do not tell your customers that the reason why you're not slashing your prices is because I don't believe in buying into the recession. No, do not slash your prices. Instead, keep your prices where they are. And then during the recessionary period, which might be a really short period, and it might be a couple of years. Usually they don't last much longer than a couple of years. The only one that's been longer than a couple of years was the Great Depression. Um, But over the next couple of years, don't reduce your prices. Increase the value of what you are already offering. So I'll just use... A baker as an example again. Um, Don't decrease the price of your loaf of bread. Include a cookie with it instead. Or add in a bread delivery service. Something. I don't know. Uh, This is this comes down to the industry that you're in and the business that you're in and that nice little knack that entrepreneurs need of creativity. You have to create more value and it has to be something the customer values not that you value. So let's just use the baker again as an example. Let's say the baker was a health nut at home. If instead of a cookie, they uh, is there any healthy bread items? I don't think there are. Well, we've talked about like no grain, no pain in a previous book, but healthier items. I, but let's just oatmeal cookie. I actually, oatmeal cookies are actually my favorite, but usually they get the reputation of Oatmeal raisin cookie. Let's say they add an oatmeal raisin cookie instead of, let's say, a chocolate chip cookie. The customer would much prefer the chocolate chip cookie, unless they're weird like me. But because you were like, well, this is valuable to me, then you made the mistake of thinking that the customer would value it. So make sure when you're adding value that you're making sure the customer appreciates the added value. And then once you start going out of the recessionary period, then you can raise your prices to match the new increased value. And then the last thing I want to talk about is the importance of working hard. Like, yes, you should work hard any in any economic situation. But during a recessionary period, when your business is being attacked from all different angles, it is super important that you pull out all the stops. You don't just give up. You work extra hard. You make extra calls. You do extra work so that way you can, and yes, it'll be doing all this extra work just to try and maintain the business. Like just to use, let's say, 
easy number examples. Let's say you called 10 people and every one of them signed up before. That's some pretty unrealistic numbers, I believe, but let's say that's what you were getting. During the recessionary period, you might need to call 100 people, 200 people, to get the same number of people who say yes. It is your duty to put in that extra work to not only just keep your business alive, but to expand during the recessionary period because that's when there is the opportunity. So work extra hard during hard times so that way when the times start getting good, you are way further ahead than all of your competition. And with that, I will end today's book review. This is probably my favorite book of his. That's, that's the reason why I actually decided to re-listen to all of his books. Um, and then at some point I'm going to do the last one of the three that I like reading of his, and that's the 10x rule. You gotta think big. Anyway, with that, I will see you all next week.